It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. Are listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Wole, and Will T, part of Empire Media Raid. The homie Ray Jeezy is out, and you can check us out at our home, Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. Will T, what is good, my brother? Everything's copacetic on this end, man. Um, no complaints. I was out last week. Mm-hmm. How you and feeling? Lou got the best of me. Feel better, man. Thank you for asking. Flu got the best of me, um, but you know I'm back. Um, I am, you know, I'm going to put some people on notice. There's a particular car dealership that's playing with my credit. <laughs> you did something to mess up my credit. I'm giving you one week to fix it. You Yo. know who you are. Okay. You know who you are. Or next week, are we having a show next week? Because it's Christmas week of Christmas. I think we are. I mean, it depends. It depends. I think there's something that they, there may be a special guest. It depends. All right. Well, yeah. If not next week, I'm coming out blazing. I'm gonna put them on blast, and then I'm gonna have Wally at them on Twitter. Hey, I'm. Hey, you um, know I got your back. I'm. I'm all for the. I'm all for the smoke, bro. If you need it, if you need it to occur. I'm here for it, it. man. I'm, 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 it look, appreciate it. I'm we, following up. I'm following up with them tomorrow. If not, right. I'm gonna use my platform. Hey, man. Look, to pick up some dust and, and get and get the, and get what I need from them, bro. If they doing you dirty, they doing me dirty. We, <clears> we can get them. We can really get them, bro. All right, man. Well, so I'm just right. saying. They can't. Week, man. They, they better. They better. They better, they better act, act, act accordingly. You, you hear? Act accordingly. We about this life. Act accordingly. Because you can't get yeah, well, got, I'm folks. I'm using the platform. <laughs> well, I'm using the platform, man. Look, I'm for it. Look, I'm, I look. learned from Tony Kornheiser. I learned from Tony Kornheiser. Hey, what do you do? What you mean you learned from Tony? What you no, that's what, look, he, look, uh-huh. whenever Tony Kornheiser had, if you listen to his show, I still listen to his podcast. Yeah. But when he was on uh, the local uh, sports radio uh-huh. here, uh-huh. whenever he had a complaint, he would go on air on his podcast and he would talk on his, sh- it was a radio show uh-huh. and a podcast. He would go on his radio show and he would discuss his issue. And yeah. then I think you're right. usually think- within 24, uh-huh. po- 24 hours, whatever that organization would, would get back to them because the word was spread. Now, I don't know the vast power of our platform, yeah. but I'm going to test it next week if they keep playing with me. Right. Why not? <coughs> Why not? Yeah, I'm all absolutely. for it. I'm all for it. Hey, Amp Papyrus Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. Subscribe to our podcast on on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Let's get into our tradition. 
The nah, pre-game. bro, you supposed to do the, the read, the podcast oh, now, Jerry Bryant. My bad, my bad, man, my bad. I told you, it, I was off last Look, week. Look, man, I gotta get back it's to all good, rhythm. bro. You got to get your swag back. I'm with you, Look, man. I'm like Steph Curry. I'm like Steph. I got to get in the rhythm. Man. I got, hey, respect, respect. <clears throat> you going for records. I see you, bro. Uh, you going for absolutely. records. <laughs> this show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options for local news and health in the DMV region. Download Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other as well as the other great content. Here comes our our, our Jada Styles P thing. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. Now, Will T. Let's get into our tradition. Pre-game. Missed that last week, man. I had to, I had to fake it for myself. Hey, subscribe. Hey, <laughs> Sports Journeys Washington Football Team reporter Lake Lewis Jr. will join us to talk about the Washington Football Team losing to their rivals, <coughs> the Dallas Cowboys, and their upcoming game against the Philadelphia Eagles. At eight thirty, we'll talk about the we'll talk about whether the the Washington Wizards' struggles should fall on star Bradley Bill. Finally, we'll talk about Lomachenko defeating Richard Comey by unanimous decision. But first. Uh, we're waiting on the homie Lake Lewis, but he'll be calling in. I just got a text from him. He'll be calling in shortly. Um, but, yeah, we'll go to it, Will T. Washington lost to the Dallas Cowboys 27-20. to um, Your thoughts on the game and some of the stuff prior to the game and in, in the actual game? Uh, very entertaining game. Uh-huh. Um, with regards to the stuff prior to the game, Kind of, you know, I, I think you're referring to uh, Mike McCarthy saying that it's a victory, you yeah, know, guaranteeing and the, victory, and the bench too, and the bench, and the bench being shipped to FedEx and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't too. Um, that's something that I didn't know about actually until you mentioned it mm-hmm. on our text, um, on our um, on our pro, on our on our group chat yeah. uh, this afternoon, and I had to look into it briefly. But no, um, Mike McCarthy, he was a man with a vision. Mm-hmm. He uh, he knew he was confident in his team. He was confident with him being back on the sideline, what the result would be. Um, now, it was up to Washington to go out there and to prove him wrong, yeah. right? Um, and towards the end of the game, it looked as if they were going to prove him wrong. But, you know, football is a game of four quarters, um, yeah. 12 minutes. Uh, what, no, excuse me. What, not 12 minutes. Is it 12 15. Minutes? I 15. 15, yeah, excuse me. Basketball is 12 minutes. Excuse me. <laughs> it's okay. And basically, it's Christmas, um, Christmas six, time coming. Yeah, six years. <laughs> Absolutely. My time of year. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, you know, it's a 60-minute game, four quarters, man. So, yeah. And unfortunately for Washington, Washington came in and turned it up during the second half. But, you know, those 30 minutes couldn't surpass what Dallas did um, over the course of 60 minutes for the game. All facts, man. I, just, I think that uh, in the grand scheme of things, the Washington football team didn't deserve to win the football game. Uh, Dallas, that one, you know, like you mentioned, that one half, they dominated. They they, they dominated defensively. Uh, felt like Washington's defense did deserve to win the football game because their defense played well um, throughout that game. But their offense, offense kept turning the football over. They even gave up a touchdown uh, from a sack fumble. So I looked at it like, you know what, you know, they did, Washington's defense really deserved it. But the homie uh, Lake Lewis is on. Right now we have Sports Journey, well, former USA Today, senior Washington football team reporter and current Sports Journey's Washington football team reporter, Lake Lewis Jr. on the line. What's good, Lake? 
Hey, what's going on, fellas? How you doing? Good, man. Good. Good, great. How are you doing, sir? I'm hanging in there. Can't complain. My man, my man. So That's good, man. So, Lake, what were your thoughts on the game? I mean, you know, it was, a, it was a game where you could see that Dallas just, you know, they have too much talent right now. Uh-huh. Um, I, I do think that it was a winnable game for Washington, but they came out really flat. Um, I didn't really like some of the calls early in the game. Yeah. Definitely didn't like, uh, you know, going forward on that fourth down, yeah. uh, which backfired on the, you know, the, the, the Marcus Lawrence touchdown. Uh-huh. You know, Michael Parsons caused that. I mean, it just – it, it just was a game that they they seemed like they got going a little too late. I mean, they fought hard. You got to give them credit for that. They didn't lay down when it looked like it was going to be a blowout. Um, but I don't think the score was indicative of the way Dallas pretty much did what they wanted to do. So, um, you know, they were missing a lot of players. You can't make a lot of excuses because that's just the nature of the game, especially this late in the year. But, uh, you know, I just I think that they looked like they were outclassed you know, in this game. I mean, they had a chance to redeem themselves in two weeks, but uh, for right now, you know, it was a tough loss, and it's a loss that, you know, is going to make them pretty much have to win, in my opinion, three out of their, out of their last four in order to even have a chance to make the playoffs. Well, you, you, you brought up an interesting point, Lake. <clears throat> you said they would have to win three out of the last four, and I think, you know, looking at the, the rest of their schedule, I think that it, it, it's doable. I think we all would agree with that with games against the Giants and the Eagles. Um, but I do have one question for you, and particularly about one player, Landon Collins. Landon Collins seems to kind of – he's taken his game over the past few weeks to to another level. Um, do you think that going forward that Jack Del Rio, once they get – you know, once they make some improvements to the defense and, you know, they get – sweat and they get Chase Young back. Do you think that they'll keep utilizing Landon Collins the same way or they'll put him back and um and try to put him make him uh, a coverage safety? No, I, I think I think they know that that's not his game, you know, as far as being a coverage safety. Uh there were a couple of times in this game against Dallas where he got like, got matched up in the slot at times and that's not you know, that's not what he does best and Dallas took advantage of it. Um and I think, you know, he does play better when he plays downfield, you know, downhill and, and close to the line of scrimmage. And, you know, he, he, he doesn't necessarily like the, the, the topic of being called a linebacker. And I don't think he needs to be called one, but he's more of a hybrid safety slash linebacker. And, uh, I think for right now, if, if he wants to be on the Washington football team and, and keep getting the money he's getting, he's going to have to play where he's currently playing. Let's face it, over the last four or five weeks, he's been their defensive MVP outside of John Allen uh-huh. um, in, in his new role. So, you know, if he's smart, he'll just continue to play there. It'll get easier for him, actually, you know, when Chase Young and Montez Sweater back on the field. So it can only get better for him at this point. Let's talk about the other side of the ball. Um, Taylor Heineke. Heineke, he made a amazing throw to Cam Sims for a touchdown. Um, kind of one of those highlight reel throws. Um, but he, his overall play wasn't as strong as you would have wanted it to be against your division rival at home, considering, you know, how, um, pretty stellar Heineke played, uh, over the, the past four games coming in, three or four games coming into the Dallas game. Do you think the love fest for Taylor Heineke is over now? No, I don't think so because all you have to do is go out <clears throat> Sunday in Philadelphia, throw the ball around, make some plays, 
and and fans will get caught up in the moment. <laughs> I think that's what they're doing now. They're caught up in the moment, you know, because he didn't have his best game. Um, but he did make some plays. You know, he had the uh, the, the I think the two point conversion. Um, uh, he had a nice throw. You know, it was more of a great catch uh, yeah. by Cam Sims, but it, but it still was a ball that you put up for a fifty fifty chance for a guy that can go up and get it. So, I mean, the thing with Taylor Heineke is he shows you that he can do some things, but he also shows you his limitations. And, you know, I think it's safe to say that, you know, he, he may not be a franchise quarterback. You know, um, I liken him a lot to a more mobile, um, maybe to a lesser extent, Kirk Cousins, um, just because they're guys that are going to put up numbers, but, are they guys that can lead you to the promised land? And when Kirk Cousins, just that that remains to be seen. Huh. You know, puts up lofty numbers every year, and he's got talent in Minnesota, but they're not uh, a team that anybody's talking about right now as a Super Bowl contender. Um, I think with Taylor Heineke, same thing. He can do some things, and he shows you that he can play quarterback in this league without question. But is he a frontline starter? Is he a franchise player? Or is he a guy that would be a great insurance policy as a backup? Yeah, I think I. All right, well, I, go ahead, go ahead, Will. Well, I um, I'll let you ask the question, Wale, but I'm gonna take a pause for the calls for mm-hmm. a second. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Right now, we're talking with Sports Journeys, Washington Football Football t- Washington Football Team reporter, excuse me, Lake Lewis Jr. So, like Lake, yes, off to your point. You know, I I just think that I won't say the. I feel like this reality is setting in for certain fans. Like, for me, you know, I, I respect it. I, I like his competitive nature, right? Like, I like Taylor Heineke's competitive nature. I'm all about that. Like, I like a dude who competes, even different from the other quarterback that you mentioned. I feel like his fire is real. Like, when he's on the football field, you can see it. You can see that he wants it. It's just unfortunate that all the heart he has, he has so much heart. But, you know, I wish – you know, his, his, his arm had the amount of heart that, 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 you know, like his heart is so big and so, you know, compassion, so strong. I wish his arm had that. You know what I'm saying? Like, because right. that's the problem. Like, that, that, I know people don't want to talk about arm strength because he, he can make plays, but you see it, man. And, like, in today's NFL, not to say you got to have a, 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 a Justin Herbert type of arm. Like, you, I know folks saw that throw. You, want, you don't have to have an arm like that, but you still have to have – a reasonable arm, especially if you're playing in the NFC East where the weather changes, you know, like you're going to have, you're going to have jacked up conditions. So if your arm is fluttering in nice, nice weather, like what in December, geez, it's going to, it's going to be tough to complete passes. And especially when you have deep threats like scary Terry, the play that scary Terry got hurt. He had digs, he had digs beat easy, but he had to, he underthrew it. And that's why he got hurt trying to make the jump. I mean, the jump, cast the jump ball and fell, fell flat on his back and dropped the ball. So I'm like, man, like his arm is a problem when you're playing certain defenses. You know what I mean? That's the well, issue. Let me, well, let me ask you this. Now, we've, we've seen over time there have been some quarterbacks who have progressively their arm strength has gotten better, right? Yeah. Um, let me. Do you think this is? A, let me ask you this. Do you think it's a situation where Scott Turner can kind of dumb down the offense enough to take advantage of what Taylor Heineke does? You know, well, some of those yeah. um, intermediate throws. You know, things that within within the numbers. Do you think he could? Do you think Taylor Heineke would then have a better chance to be 
a, a mid-level starting quarterback in the NFL. Like, I'll let you tackle Mid-level, that. I mean, like, around, around, you know, top 14 through – top 12 through top maybe 18. We, you know, I think um, – I think again, he when he plays best, when he can take chances, uh-huh. you know, um, when he's conservative, when he has to think back there in the pocket, that's not his game. Uh-huh. He's a guy that's more of a, uh, you know, I, I like in Taylor Heineke, and this isn't in disrespect to his game, but I think he, he's kind of like a street ball player. Facts. You know, he, yeah. he's like, you know, one of them guys that you pick on your team and get out on the street, you know, and 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 you just make some plays because he's an athlete. Um, that's when he plays to his strengths. But I think if you, when you start putting a whole lot on his plate and ask him to stay in the pocket or get down when he runs and, and, and protect himself, that's when it all, the wheels start to fall off. And I think we saw that in the first part of the game. Yeah. I mean, there were things that just weren't clicking for him. He does have a knack, though, that I will say this. We talk about this all the time in the press box is that. He, he he has a, a a propensity to throw off his back foot all the time, <laughs> yeah. and when, and when he does that, he doesn't he, he doesn't have the strongest arm already. Yeah, there you go. So when you throw off your back foot, you're taking even more you know velocity off the ball, and therefore you see a lot of his passes sail real high. Even if they're caught, they're they're high passes, and he's almost gotten some guys killed out there. That's you the know, push. just just having to extend their body. Um, so I think, you know, I'd like to see him plant his feet more, get his feet set up under him before he makes his throws. But then and again, that's what I'm saying. When you when you start putting all these technical things on him, that's when he doesn't play good football, when he can just be out there freewheeling and playing, you know, just, just doing what he has to do to improvise. That's when you see the best of him. That doesn't like him for a franchise quarterback, to be honest with you. That like him for a guy that may know your system, that can come in and spell a starter, if they get injured and you know you have that insurance policy. And for me, I, I, I mentioned less than two weeks ago, this guy's playing for a chance to be Washington start, starting quarterback next year if know. they had continued that, that winning streak they were on. But I think the whole reality is, is that the, the quarterback for the future for this team, their true franchise quarterback's currently not on the roster. Uh-huh. couple things. Mole. Lake Lewis just Lake just flexed on you because he said he's in the press box. That's not like you're not <laughs> but anyway, I love this dude. <laughs> Lake, Lake, I got a question hey, for yo, you. Hey, yo, what's what's really good though? What's happening, dude? What's happening? <laughs> I, I just, I, it was a clear, it was, it was a. It was a humble flex on hey, you. He just jabbed you. Just hey, he poked you just a little bit, man. He poked you a little bit. That's my boy. He knows. He knows I like that. <laughs> We're in a holiday that's exactly spirit. how you meant it. That's exactly how you meant it, man. That's a that's a that's a federal jab. But let me just ask you this one question. I like. Yesterday it was announced that multiple players tested positive for COVID nineteen, including defensive lineman, a guy who Wole thinks should be all pro this year. He could possibly miss Sunday's game against the Eagles. How damaging could this be for Washington down the stretch? Oh, no, that, that's definitely damaging. I mean, you're talking about your defensive MVP of the year. And the guy that is having not just a, a Pro Bowl year, but an all-pro caliber year. I mean, this guy might be, you know, alongside Aaron Donald uh-huh. on that all-pro front. And that tells you how good he's been playing, you know, how well he's been playing. Uh, so, yeah, anytime you, you could miss a player of that caliber – and a leader on top of that, it's a double whammy. And that's something they may not be able to recover from because he's been playing that lights out. Yeah. Um, 
the good news is is that um, I think he, there's another he has a chance to have another test. Um, so he very well could be out there Sunday. So it's not it's not a done deal at this point yet. It's still early as Tuesday. I think um, I would say by Thursday's practice, we would have a much better idea of, of where things are and if there's a realistic chance that he'll play on Sunday. Yeah, I, I feel that's interesting. They need Jonathan Allen. They need they need that dude. Um, and listen, he's not the only one. I saw the list. Kendall Fuller's on the list now, and Tim Sweddle. So Tim Settle. Oh yeah, it's going to be a lot of people. Today yeah. was a record number record number in the NFL. I think there was thirty seven uh, positive COVID uh, uh-huh. players today alone. So that's a that's a record in the league. And you know, with this new variant out there, man, it, it, it's, it's starting to get real again. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah, I'm a so, strong. Yeah, Amarion. Yeah, so I call him Amarion. Touch. Touch. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So yeah, man. It just it just seems like it's back at that uh back at that point right now, you know. So um, you just you just hope that again, you know, it's a personal decision. I do believe that for if you want to get that shot or not. Mm-hmm. Um. But it's also, it, you know, it could be made a lot easier for a lot of people if, if you know, if the shot was had. <laughs> Let's just put it yeah, that way. So, I definitely agree. But, you know, I'm not trying to be spit politics on Me people, either, man. You know, Me either. Right. I try to all the time. Just like, do you. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. For the record, I'm vaccinated. But I, yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's that's to each his own. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Hey, Will, what you going to say, Will? No, I, I, it's interesting that you guys, you know, and, and this is not to take anything away from Jonathan Allen, and I agree with you. He's played at at least a Pro Bowl level this year. But considering that we, you know, a lot of people, when you think about this team, you think defensive line, specifically interior tackle, is the strength of, is the strength of, of this team, you know, with uh, Deron Payne and Ioannidis and also I, you mentioned that Settle. Settles is also on the COVID-19 list, but you don't think that, you know, for one game, for, you know, maybe two games, Ionitis can step in and okay. provide um, a, a similar level of um, production that Jonathan Allen has provided, and, you know, in a short in a short stretch? No, I mean, I think that, to answer that question, I think that uh, because they've been running, they've been playing three D tackles because they don't have Chase and Montez. So, you know, they've been playing all three of them, for real, on the line. And it's been it's been effective. So you're just losing another valuable player. But if you're going, yeah, I know what you're saying. Like if you're talking about the blessing for this team, they do have a deep uh, D tackle uh, D tackle D tackle unit. But since Chase and Montez have been out, they've kind of used all three of them. So that's going to hinder that type of uh, defensive front. Okay. Just had to ask. No, I had get it. No, I, I, I mean, if they had Chase and Montez, we, I, 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 I'm with you for, because for years, and everybody should know this, that Ionitis has been the, the best, uh, interior dude for this, for this team. But this season, I mean, it is, it's been a Jonathan Allen show. I think anybody who's been watching this football team, and, and to give credit to, to, um, Deron Payne over the last, um, few weeks, he's been lights out as well. So, um, I feel like that at this particular point in the season, this def the defense, especially the D tackles, they've been playing some awesome ball, like for real. Like they've been probably the best of their careers as a unit together. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, hey, like before we let you go, also, I want what what are some of your keys for the Washington football team for Washington football team victory over the Philadelphia Eagles? 
I mean, you know, they got to get to the quarterback on defense. Uh-huh. I think that's key. You know, um, you don't want to extend, have them extend plays on you and, um, you know, not have, not give up the big play. I think if they can keep the Eagles, you know, receivers in front of them and, um, you know, keep, keep the Eagles from having a big play, you know, I think that they have a chance to really, you know, be able to do some good things in this game defensively, uh-huh. you know, create some turnovers. I think on offense, they just got to get back to what was working for them. And I was running the football um, because of the injuries to the line. And, you know, Tyler Lawson was out, you know, is lost now for the year. I mean, you think about these injuries and um, I guess on that offensive line and they're starting to stretch them thin. I mean, uh-huh. it truly is. Sam Cosby's already on IR. So you think about the, the losses that they've dealt with. It was hard to run the football against Dallas, and that that pretty much was kind of the nail in the coffin early. Yeah. Because when you saw that they couldn't run the ball, um, it, and then on top of that, you know, let's call it like it is. Antonio Gibson's a good young back, but but he's still learning the position. But he but he's got a fumbling issue. There's yeah. no question about it. Big time. And when you can't run the ball. And then when you do try to run it, you, your, your back is fumbling. Your feature back is fumbling the ball. Remember, there was no J.D. McKissick last week. Uh-huh. You know, it was just a recipe for disaster. So I think if they can come out against the Eagles and run the football, establish that again, you'll see the offense open up even more. I do think that there's more times to try to get um, Curtis Samuel more involved now. You know, if he can continue to, to, to play, um, you know, you have chances. uh Naturally, he's going to show up on the on the um, injured list all you know all week as questionable or limited. That's just because of the hamstring. Uh-huh. But it's more precautionary. I think he'll play. Um, so yeah, you got you got to you got to you got to take your shots down the field, but you also have to run the football. And if they can do that, I think they should win the football game. And is Scary going to play? Is Scary Terry going to play? Yeah, I, I never count Terry out. Gotcha. Ever. Okay. Um, he's a warrior. Uh, he's a leader. He knows how important this game is going to be. I mean, let's face it, both them and the Eagles have the same record now. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of want to eliminate somebody that's battling with you to get into the playoffs. And, you know, I think it's going to be tough in general for this team to make the playoffs just because, you know, when you look ahead of them, the 49ers are playing good football. Uh-huh. And um, they're ascending as opposed to descending. And I think for Washington, there's no room for error. So, yeah, we do think that the two games against the Eagles and the Giants are winnable games, but those aren't guarantees either. Not they, at all. They're also, also, also losable games, Very losable <laughs> if you games. can say that to the word. Very losable um, games. So they have to, yeah, so they have to go in there with their A game, not a B game, not a C game. They've got to go in there with an A game in order to beat Philadelphia because if they don't go in there with an A game, they're coming home with an eighth loss. Agreed. I definitely agree. I, and and – I know. I see how you mentioned Michael Parsons too, Penn State. I know. I know what you did right there early in the show. I didn't want to say anything though. On, uh, we, we are. We are. We are. <laughs> I saw what you did there. You know what I'm saying? You know, Big Big Ten champions of Michigan. Um. So, Lake, thanks for being on the show, my man. Let our listeners know what you have coming down the pike and how they can catch your social media. And also, real talk though, Michael Michael Parsons is the real deal. He's freaking amazing. But go ahead. <laughs> Yeah man, yeah man, he's 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 real man. But yeah, fellas, I'm um I'm I'm talking to you guys from 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 West Virginia right now, fellas, and um, you know, still covering the football team, but I'm also uh, you know, one of the new uh, lead anchors for um an ABC TV affiliate down here. Awesome, and, uh, yeah. Congratulations, so, brother. Oh yeah, I appreciate that. You know, so switching to news on that, you know, so. 
Um, still got the pod. You know, I, I told myself I was going to get it going again um, this week, but the last week and a half just coming back and forth and doing that. But I'm getting settled down here now. So, yeah, man, uh, it's just it's a lot going on. The sports journey's still going. We're not stopping. Of course not. I love it, man. Love it. Appreciate you, my man. Congratulations. Right, you ever well, need, listen, man, if you ever need, like, a live feed, you know, somebody to, like, report from the D.C. area, just give me a call. Right. I got you, bro. <laughs> 11 o'clock news. I'm ready for it. Okay. All right, all right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Okay. All right, man. He said 11 o'clock news. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Oh, man. No problem, man. Hey, Laker, man. Thanks, right, thanks again, man. Appreciate you, homie. All right, y'all take care. All right, man. take care. All right, we okay. appreciate you, brother. You have a happy holiday, and many man. Many continued blessings, man. Many continued blessings. Same. All right, take care. All right. Again, Again, that's uh, again. Lake's handle on Twitter is at Lake Lewis. It's at Lake Lewis. All right. Question: Will T. Should the Wizards' struggles fall on Bradley Bill? We'll discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. Get it. Deuces. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Listening to the urban sports scene with Will T and myself, Wole, the homie Ray Jeezy's out. We are part of Ampire Media, and that's at ampiremedia.com. All right, the Wizards have been four and six in their last ten games. Is this, if this was John Wall, folks would already be blaming him. So, should the Wizards' recent struggles fall on star Bradley Bill? Great question. Um, of course, whenever, you know, your team isn't having success, you know, the general public, um, me included, will put it attributed to that star player, right? Uh-huh. Even if that star player is averaging 30 points, we'll still say that he isn't uh, leading the team. He uh-huh. isn't influencing the team in a positive direction, meaning, you know, he hasn't, you know, whether that's him being loud and boisterous, getting in guys' face, um, he isn't doing the right things to lead. Yeah. I am going to say no. Okay. And here's why. I think, you know, the difference with a lot of the teams that we watch in the NBA, they are uniquely focused on one player, around one player. Yeah. Don't get don't don't get it wrong. Um Bradley Bill is without a doubt the leader, the star player for this Washington Winters team. But the way Wes Unsell Jr. utilizes his rotation. Uh-huh. Um, there are a lot of guys who come in and they play a lot of integral moments and play at um, a lot of key mo- lot of key minutes in their in the game in a lot of integral moments, and they have the ability to touch the ball because of the way that they 
that um, their offense is structured where there's a lot of ball movement, um, particularly off the ball. To me, it seems as if some guys aren't necessarily contributing in the contributing at the pace you thought at the at the pace you thought they would in, in a particular role. One guy being um, Davis Perton. You know, um, I know he's no. Listen, I know. Why are you laughing, man? Because you, you stay going that dude. I, I mean, I'm not knocking you. I'm just saying you stay going on that dude. I'm not going on. I'm just saying, look, man. If you are the second, well, yeah, no, he's the third highest player now, I believe, behind um, KCP. Uh-huh. But if you're one of those top three, you have to routinely produce. Yeah, I agree. At a clip, you know, almost damn near 20 points a game. In today's NBA, uh-huh. you can't just be a one-dimensional player, which he which he clearly is. And one thing that I, I do, I will put on West Unsell Jr. is he needs to make a he needs to make a decision on who he's going to play at center. Oh, you mean when, when he comes back? Guy. When he comes back? Are you talking about uh, yeah? When you mean when um, Bryant comes back, or are you just talking about right now with Harold or Gaffer? I mean, I'm talking about right now, but gotcha. when when Bryant comes back. Um, Daniel Gafford to me, he, he seems like a guy that could potentially be your linchpin from a defensive perspective. Yeah. Well, you, he erases a lot of mistakes. Uh-huh. Um, he's athletic. He runs the floor well. He, you know, sets great picks. Um, isn't afraid to get physical in the paint and, you know, and, um, from a rebounding perspective. And he can test at the rim. To me, you know, I, I understand that Montrez is a, you know, a, a six-man, a potential six-man of the year, uh, an offensive mismatch off the bench. Uh-huh. But just from a, a plus-minus a plus minus perspective, especially defensively, he leaves a lot to be desired. You're talking, yeah, you're, talking about, you're talking about Montrez, right? Yeah, Montrez Harold. I mean, I feel like Montrez, his defense, his defensive, people get on him's defense, but it's not as bad as folks – you know what folks think, but to Bradley Bill, like as an individual, because this is my thing. Like I'm, I like I'm all about people, you know, share, sharing that same energy, right? You know what I mean? Like when the Wizards were, if they were struggling, it's all on John Wall, right? It's like John Wall's not doing, he wasn't doing this, and I don't want to bring a former player into it, but you know, I'm looking at the comparison of stars, right? Now look at Bradley Bill. It's, he's a knockdown three point shooter, right? He's supposed to be a good three point shooter. He's shooting. He's shooting. He's shooting from three at twenty six percent. With that jumper, he's shooting twenty six percent. His field goal percentage is lower this season. He's shooting forty four percent. Not bad, but you know, typically what Bradley Bill does, it's a little bit better than that. So I'm just saying, like, even as, as and he's only averaging twenty two points per game. And you're right, they're sharing the ball more, which is good. But in terms of a leader, you know what I mean. We've talked about this team is deep range. Bradley Bill's supposed to be this star, this budding superstar. And his team is only 15 and 13 after a hot start. And some of them games, they're winning without him. Um, to your point, Will T, I do think, think that there's some certain things they could do in terms of the coaching staff. Like, I would rest Spencer Dinwiddie. I mean, the man is just coming off an ACL. Might as well rest him. I know, you know, he's eager, but kind of shutting him down for a little bit so he can kind of get his legs underneath him. I know a lot of folk, a lot of fans have kind of turned, have turned on Spencer Dinwiddie, but you're turning on an individual who's coming off an ACL where you have a guy – and Bradley Bill, who's your leader, who's not, you know, playing to his level of, of you know, his level as a shooter, and his team is struggling. So I'm just feeling like, I, I, like you, we all know this, when you're the star, when you're the guy, you're supposed to, nine times out of ten, 
unless you no no you're the guy you get blamed i'm trying to ex- you get blamed everybody get like all the all the all the dudes who are that person they get blamed deservedly so or not no i i, I don't think that's because look i mean look at what's happening in la oh i said deservedly year, so right? or not yep. yeah you're right i said deservedly yeah, you're yeah. like this fan oh yeah facts Oh, you know, that, that coach is horrible. The guy, but that coach is horrible, though. Craig Vogel is not a horrible. <laughs> no, bruh, bruh, bruh. bruh. Let me. T- I'm gonna tell you again. I'm gonna give you a game, and you just you tell me this. All right. You have a you 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 go on a run with AD. I think the Brown was out. AD, Melo, Westbrook, whatever. You right. You bench, and you just came back. You just came back. This is my walking game. You just came back. So you now the game is is tight. You bench. All those dudes in the fourth quarter. And then Milwaukee goes on a run. All those dudes in the fourth quarter, and then Milwaukee goes on a run. I'm just saying, like, bro, you talk about, I'm just saying, like, it is what it is. But I get your point, though. You're right. Not all the, yes, you're right. But it's not like, but see, LeBron, okay, you're talking about LeBron. You're right. But that, isn't that a different type of star, though? I mean, isn't that a different yeah. type of star? Like, you're willing, real talk. So when, if you're LeBron, you do get a lot of blame. That's facts. But also, you get a lot of leeway. Same thing with Kevin Durant. You get a lot of leeway. You get some blame, but you get a lot of leeway. Same for Steph, Steph Curry. Like, when you reach a certain level, there is a different line to it, right? But if you're like, say, for instance, James Harden, he gets a lot of blame. Because he hasn't really won anything. He hasn't won a championship, but he gets a lot of blame. I think champions tend to get the benefit of the doubt to because they've won it. Uh, but when you're not a champ... Then the blame is like it tends to go to that star. Deservedly, like E. R. We who who who's one of who's our favorite point guard? One of our favorite point guards in today's Chris basketball. Paul. How many? How Chris much blame Paul. over the over his career? How much blame has he gotten? A lot. Yeah, he got a lot. A lot, and 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 wasn't deserved at all. You know what I'm saying? So that's my thing. It's like, yeah, you're right. Those dudes who win championships, to your point, yes, yes, they. They tend to, you know, coaches tend to take the blame, but but they won championships, and so everybody kind of says, you know what, it can't be that person's fault. Now that idea, the ideology is that it can't be that person's fault because that person's a champion. It was, you know, I mean, it's not like that coach was a champion; that person was a champion. Um, but when you look at Bradley Bill, who hasn't won a championship, who's kind of wanted to be the guy, and comparing on off of other another individual who was the star of their ba- their basketball team prior to him. Yeah, I feel like it's fair. I think it should be getting some blame. Not now, is it deserved? I, who am I to tell you? But it should get some blame. And yes, and I don't think I'm looking. I don't, I'm looking. If we have any questions from Twitter, Will Team, we do not. We can keep this a buck. We, okay. we have no questions from Twitter, so I don't see anything at all. I'm looking right now, and the streets are saying no, sir. No, no questions on Twitter. Okay. All right. You know what I'm saying. So that means we can go to break. So, <laughs> so I'll, I'll, I'll ask the I'll ask the you know the commercialized question: Is Lomachenko? I mean, so so Saturday night, my man Lomachenko fought, and he looked impressive. Is Lomachenko back to being the top dog in lightweight division? We'll discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. Thank you. Yedig. Deuces on EmpireMedia.com. <laughs> With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, 
Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Come on, man. And with the local DBC News, Evan Cool J with the Twins and come back. More as But tonight. Don't call it a comeback. are listening to the urban sports scene with myself ole will t and the homie ray jeezy is out we are also part of Ampire media at ampiremedia.com all right saturday in a lightweight fight vasily lomachenko defeated richard comey by unanimous decision will t your thoughts on the fight uh <coughs> excuse me lomachenko put on the type of performance that he needed to meaning that um, well, he was, he was, he was, um, well, not the type of performance he needed to, but more of a classic Lomachenko yeah. performance where he was counterpunching, fighting on the inside, um, <clears throat> creating space through the use of angles, throwing punches from various angles. Um, and Richard Comey for much of the fight didn't have any answer for yeah, him. Uh-huh. Um, at one particular point, you know, Vasily Lomachenko asked Comey's corner, that joke is are funny. you going to throw in the towel? <laughs> no, I mean, look, I, I don't think it's funny. I think it, it showed humility and it showed um, respect it was, for though. one's counterpart in the ring. You think because he was doing he, that? You think, think he was trying to people, be a showman? You think he was doing that for real or you think he was trying to be no, a No, I don't think he was being it. I think that was real because okay. you could tell from Richard Comey's back leg. How it was, it was kind of dragging. Yeah, bro, I saw that. No, I saw, from, it. I saw it. You can tell by by how his head was wobbling a little bit. Mm. Like he was out of it. He mm. was out of it on his feet. Now to Comey's, um, you know, uh, now for you know Comey, he he kind of shook it off, and you know he was, you know he 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 continued to to fight, but you know at a certain point Comey looked like he was out on his feet. Um, and the referee and Comey's corner didn't throw in the towel. Um, but I think Lomachenko, he put on um, a very respectable performance. Was it a lights-out performance where you say, damn, Vasily Lomachenko has to fight um, Devin Haney or Kalabas? Uh, Kobo- 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 uh, yeah. mm-hmm. You know, one of the guys who are the champions. No. But it's definitely so. one of those fights with mm. No, I, I don't. I don't think he I don't think he did anything too overwhelming mm. in the performance. Don't get me wrong, it was a it was a masterful boxing performance. But when you think of um some of those big names at one thirty five at lightweight, you know, he didn't go out there and obliterate Comey. Mm. Which kind of makes you 
say, hey, he, I, I have to see him against Tank Davis. I have to see him against Devin Haney. Um, it wasn't that type of performance. It was a very good, it was, it was a great, it was a good to great performance. And here's the thing about Vasily Lomachenko. Most of us boxing fans are going to take him for granted when he puts on that type of performance because we know just how great he is yeah. as a boxer. I was impressed. So there's, but, the, yeah. there's also that too. Yeah, I was impressed because, like you said, like I mean, Comey is a, is a, is a hard. I mean, he's a strong boxer in terms of like punching power. Um, but you're right, like the footwork. The opponent. I mean, Lomachenko, Loma dominated that fight throughout, and it was just that. It's his footwork, man. You you know what? I just marvel by. I marvel by. Even when I was trying to hate on him initially, like in the beginning of me watching him, and I was like, but over time, like his footwork is just insane, man. I, I it's just it's it's something different. I've never seen anything like it in terms of how he can just get to the side. I mean, um, Tiafimo had a good game plan against it uh, when he fought him, but still he found ways to kind of get off on on Tiafimo. Um, but his footwork is let's, crazy. Let, let, let's be clear. Tiafimo didn't have in the second half of that fight. I know. Once, Lomo got him. I know. Once, right. <laughs> once Lomachenko yeah, adjusted to when he said, listen, I got this shoulder injury. Yeah. I'm just going to adjust and I'm going to go and I'm going to throw it all out on the line. Tiafimo Lopez had problems. The yes. way Tiafimo Lopez won that fight was he built up Enough a considerable lead, lead over the first six rounds agree, of that fight on the scorecard. But if you look at rounds seven through 12, uh, oh yeah, Lomachenko, um, especially eight through, you know, I, I'll say, some people, I'll say seven through 11, some people call 12 for Tiafimo mm-hmm. um, Lopez. Yeah. But if you look at rounds, like around midway through round six through 11, Lomachenko dominated that fight. Oh, well, I'm not arguing with you. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, 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 I even, I thought, he turned. I thought he owned the second half of the fight. I think Lomachenko owned the second half of the fight. But to your point, he already banked enough rounds. It's almost like, uh, <coughs> um, like folks. I'm gonna say Tank. Maybe it was Tank's last fight. How he banked certain rounds. It was already too late. Um, but yeah, I'm with you, bro. Like he already had. He already had rounds in the bank. It didn't even matter what was going on, bro. He had a good lead. You know what I'm saying? And then to the point. But if you look at what was happening, um, Lomachenko schematically look better than than Tia Female in the in the later parts of that fight. Oh, I'm with you. That's why I know he don't want to rematch for real. Like cause he knows. Like I think to this core he knows what would happen if they had a rematch. You know what I mean? I, I just think I, I look Loma a boogeyman to me. I just feel like there's all all these like all these guys at, at lightweight, they can talk it, but they don't want it. Like I don't think they really they're especially when I was watching Tank over the weekend, watching and watching Haney, I mean, last week, um, last weekend, um, when I was watching those two, I was like, one, I think Loma Chica would frustrate, would frustrate Tank. And I can see he would frustrate him, wouldn't even be, and I end up having a lot of respect for Tank after that fight too. But he would frustrate Tank. And looking at Haney, Haney's power wouldn't scare Loma Chico. Like, it, it wouldn't even scare him. Like, he would still try to do what... It would be... That would be a fascinating fight. You know what I'm saying? It really would be a fascinating fight. But I don't know if those dudes really... Because everybody talks it. And it's cool to talk it. It's cool to say, I want this dude. I want this. Or Cambosa, too. Cambosa would be somebody, you know, I would like to see Lomachenko fight. But it's cool to talk Lomachenko. Say, yeah, I want to fight him and this, that, and the other. 
But do you really want to? Are you going to really put all that effort to fight a Lomachenko? Really? I don't think you would. I don't think they want to, for real. Yeah, I agree. Let's take a pause for the calls mm-hmm. before we keep going. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media. That's EmpireMedia.com. Cool. All right, mm-hmm. let me ask you this straight out. Is Lomachenko the best lightweight in the division? I think so. Skill for skill, pound for pound, I think it's the best. Even though Tiafimo beat him, to your point, though, that's why I, I, what I agree. Because when you were saying it, I was like, you speaking the gospel. I was like, if Tiafimo fought Lomachenko in a rematch, I think he takes him down. I think Lomachenko takes him down. Um, I don't think anybody right now in the, who's, who's fighting is skilled enough to, to, do any, to, to beat Lomachenko. Right now, I do have a guy though that I, I am a fan of, but not anybody within you know the list that everybody's thinking of can really take down Lomachenko, in my opinion. So here's the thing that didn't make sense to me, and this isn't um, with regards. Well, it, it involves Lomachenko, yeah. but it, it more involves uh, George Cambosis. Yeah, Cambosis, mm-hmm. and also um, Tiafimo Lopez. Yeah, when versus or whoever the owners of uh, I forgot who the product the promotion company that oh, thriller, thriller, thriller? Me, thriller went thriller, yeah, yeah. thriller lost the their right to promote the George Cambosis versus TFEMO Lopez fight. I thought to me it made sense that our that Bob Aram would get the fight try to win the purse bid. Mm. Right? Because if you think you think about it, all right Tiafimo Lopez, even if, if Lopez um, won that fight, I think everyone knew that this that was probably his last fight at lightweight. Yeah. You know, he would have gone up um, and he would have had to, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and he would have had to vacate all the titles yeah. if he had a one um, against George Cambosis. Now, if Cambosis, as he did go on to win, you still could have matched George Cambosis Jr. versus uh Lomachenko, uh-huh. and that would have been a huge, not a huge fight, but it would have been a very big fight on ESPN, yeah. specific, uh, specifically first quarter of next year. Now, Eddie Hearn, he won the purse bid, and he's in perfect position to have the undisputed lightweight, the true undisputed lightweight champion um, in his stable fighting on the zone. And I don't know necessarily, you know, DAZN, they seem they seem as if they'll, you know, they'll pay to get guys, they'll pay um, handsomely to have, you know, certain fights on, you know, on that DAZN network. But I don't necessarily know with, you know, the politics of boxing, you know, if Devin Haney wins, you know, would we be able to get a Devin Haney versus um, a Tank Davis? Mm. Would we be able to get a Devin Haney versus... Um, Tiafimo Lopez. I mean, excuse me, not Tiafimo Lopez, versus um, Lomachenko. Yeah. Will we be able to get uh, a Devin Haney? And this fight probably could get made versus Ryan Garcia. I think that's probably a fight um, that probably could get made because we all know that his promoter, um, Oscar De La Hoya, really doesn't, you know, when it comes to the politics, he just wants his fighters to fight the best. Yeah. And he doesn't care about his fighters taking the L because. De La Hoya, he made a he made a career of himself. I don't care if I take an L or not. I'm going to fight the best of competition, and that's nice. how he got himself to be in the Golden Boy. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. I think that so, it, it, yeah, it's the politics, and depending on, it's hard, especially like you said for Haney and whatnot. It's it's hard. 
Um, but I, you're right. I could see definitely see um, Ryan Garcia fighting Devin Haney. I could see that happening. Um, I don't know who Tank gonna fight. To be honest with you, that's up to Mayweather. Um, that's a that's a complicated thing in its own right. Um, I do think that Lomachenko wants to fight the best, and I do think that because Eddie Hearns and um, Al Heyman, I mean Al Heyman, um, Bob Arum have worked together in the past. I think that's something that could happen. Um, but it's, it's, I'm with you, man. Um, I'm just kind of annoyed that it, it, it all has to go down. Like these dudes got to fight. That's my whole thing. These dudes got to fight. Um, uh, on Twitter, my man, well, Armali, I'm just like Armali tweeted, um, uh, right now it's about Lomachenko being the best. He said right now, absolutely. But when that young bull Shakira Stevenson moves up game over. So that, that was, that was the point I was <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. That's what I was, you were, <laughs> I knew you were. Before you, uh, <laughs> Before you read Armand's tweet. Yeah. Um, speaking of the best fighting the best, now, you know, um, Lomachenko definitely has made a name for himself. He, you know, he has some of the names and some of those big fights that, you know, we, that you want to see from a uh, top level fighter. Um, Shakur Stevenson, who, you know, Special. junior, you know, junior lightweight, uh-huh. um, he he he's begging for the fight with Oscar Valdez, but for some reason that fight can't seem to be made. Uh-huh. Um, if he were to go up to one thirty five, I think you know his. I think he you know he's young and his body is starting to fill out. He definitely could could go up in to that to that um, division. But would Bob Arum put Shakur Stevenson in the ring right now against um, Lomachenko? Lomachenko? Would Lomachenko even want that fight? Man, already stated. My my goal is undisputed champion yeah. at one thirty five. Yeah, um, I don't know. I do think that kid's special though. I do think he can beat anybody. I do think he's. I think he's it. He's the one. I do think he's the one. Uh, I don't know if he would have him fight Lomachenko because I think that's a little early. Um, but he is skilled, man. Uh, he is. He's everything you want. He to me, he's. I, I see, I see some Floyd in him. I really do. Like I see, I see some pretty boy in him, man. Um, he's good, man. He's really, really good. I, I would love to see him. I actually think he's the most talented out of all the young, on the young bulls out here in the game. But you, like you said, Will T, he's and he's growing into his body. I think his power kind of translates. To be honest with you, at one thirty-five. Um, yeah, I don't know. If Bob would do it though. You think Bob would do it? I'll do it. I don't think Bob yeah. would do it. So I, I don't think he would do it. I, you know, I, I personally want to see him against Oscar Valdez. Mm-hmm. I don't know why that fight can't or hasn't been made yet. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a, that would be a phenomenal fight, and we, and you know, I know that um, both of those guys are undefeated, and then you know there may be some trepidation for Bob Aaron to sacrifice the O, and you know, and Valdez's. Or Shakur Stevenson's um, record, but that's yeah. one of those fights, right? That's that's a star making fight, yeah, right there. Yeah, man, just stop doing that stuff, man. That un- like that's, people, yeah, that, that, that's that's one of the fights that that that's a star making fight. That the, the guy who wins that fight, yeah. definitely takes him his name to the next level with regards to you know boxing fans, and I don't necessarily know about general the general public, but yeah. with boxing fans, definitely. What gets me is that, you know, it this whole undefeated thing has only been sexy because of Mayweather, right? 
because he's like, but people take losses though. Like, you know, Mayweather just was that good, man. He just yeah, he's perfect, man. He was that good. You know, that's greatness. But not everybody's Mayweather. You could take an L. Like this whole notion that you know you can't fight this person because you're scared you're gonna take this L. Like you mentioned, Oscar took L's back then. You know what I'm saying? Like some of our greatest boxers took L's, man. We Muhammad Ali took an L. Uh, Sugar Ray Leonard took L's. You know what I'm Marvin Hagler. You know what I'm saying? That didn't that didn't demote their greatness. You know what I'm saying? You still count them no, as, I, as maybe to some, maybe his it even built up their resume, built up their greatness because they did. They were in a war and they ended up, you know, looking even better because they, you know, what I'm saying, as they show more grit, more fight. I don't know, man. Some of these dudes, man, they too worried about that. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's, I, I, you know what? I don't necessarily think it's some of the some of the boxers. I think it might be some of the the their team around them. Mm-hmm. No, it could I be. I think that may be. I it think could be, it, it could be that their team around them is, you know, a, a bit worried. But you know, history has shown, you know. Just because you're you're not an undefeated fighter doesn't mean you can't be box office be one of the the highest draws and you know and his you know and boxing and 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 in popular culture with right. your fights it's all about fighting the best and making those making the most entertaining fight and when you're in the ring giving the the fans a show yeah definitely but yeah only time will tell man we'll, we'll catch that I mean we'll hopefully that fight goes down man because I would love to see a Shakur Stevenson. Uh, I guess Valdez, but also I would love to see Jutlip Shakur versus Lomachenko. I won't even lie. That's a fight that I would I'd pay, well, if I did pay for, for pay-per-view, that I, I would consider it if I wanted to, but I won't, so I know who I am. Yeah, I was about to say, <laughs> I know who I am. I ain't gonna lie to myself. Not at all. Not at all. Let me not lie to myself. <laughs> I'm not paying for it. Sugar, honey, iced tea. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> we and we're now making our Week 15 NFL picks on the show, but you can check out our picks on the football garbage time website just go to www.footballgarbagetime.com and you can check check everything out you can also check out their podcast um you can also subscribe to their podcast as well i uh, subscribe to our podcast on stitcher spotify itunes tune in iHeartRadio, and google podcast just search the urban sports scene also tweet us at urban sports scene and hit us up on our urban sports scene facebook page check out the home of the urban sports scene amp papyr media at amp excuse me and this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app excuse me, to hear all of the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. I got something in my throat. <coughs> excuse me. Hey, appreciate you all for listening to the show. We definitely appreciate it. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. You dig? Deuces. Hey, Mecca, lead us out, big homie. Deuces.